All right. Welcome to the Giant Milkweed Blossom Podcast. Always good for those warts. It is. It is. I, I put a little in my tea every morning. Yeah, you betcha. It'll help with your asthma. It does. It and does. All the traditional medicinal remedies. And I don't know all of them. It's- right. I mean, a little known fact, actually, milkweed is the number one secret that separates top athletes from the rest of us mortals. Yeah, it helps with SPP. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yes. Yeah. So we have a lot of our clients that come to GMB because they are trying to get better at something. Mm-hmm. Right? They, they're doing a sport or activity, maybe, uh, maybe climbing, maybe running, maybe martial arts, or maybe CrossFit, maybe yeah. gymnastics. Yeah. Um, even, even like, uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff. Dancers. We have a ton of like pole clients that do pole yeah. dance. Really yeah. interesting stuff. Uh, we have people that have contacted us, uh, that have found GMB trying to get better at activities that had never crossed our minds when we started this. So it's been really interesting to see. And, um, we want to talk today about how you should try to focus your training. Some of the mistakes people make when they're trying to, when they're trying to fitness to improve an activity, right? Because I think a lot of people think I want to get better at basketball. So I'm going to go to the gym and, uh, you know, do these things. And there are good ways to do that, bad ways to do that. And we're going to talk a lot about that. I think that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of assumptions that get made that are wrong uh, that, that makes sense intuitively, but are also wrong. And then at the other end of the spectrum, there's a whole complicated field of, uh, physical therapy based functional exercise where you have to have three PhDs to even, uh, put a workout together, which is, um, very valuable for high level pro athletes, but is not just daunting, but a complete waste of time for anyone under the semi pro level in our somewhat, experienced opinions anything you want to add to that ryan (laughs) that's great so uh yeah in a nutshell we're just going to be talking about uh training for your sport or activity and basically how much do you really need right that's what it just kind of comes down to today and again this is just in our own personal opinion but uh we do have the luxury of being able to work with a lot of people and uh, it's a good thing uh, that we do have the ability to do that. So uh, let's get right into it. We just talk a little bit about some of these um, protocols, if you will. If we're talking about training, the first thing we're going to talk about is GPP versus um, SPP. And so what we're talking about with the GPP is general preparedness. And so general physical preparedness. And so this is basically... Um, preparing your body on a very foundational level. Um, this is going to be different, of course, depending on what trainer you're going to be talking about. If you talk to a kettlebell guy, uh, they're going to be talking about in reference to kettlebells. Uh, of course, the bench, you know, if, if a person is uh, a gym rat, if you will, then it's going to be different. But there are basic qualities, if you will, that are very general. And we're talking about things, for example, like proper pressing strength, proper pushing, proper pulling, leg strength. We're just the basics. And so this just, this means um, you do have uh, not just the ability to be able to do something, but you're working towards being able to start training uh, capabilities. 
And so that's really, you know, the foundation. And it's actually unfortunate that, you know, people have good intentions of working and improving their GPP, but there's actually a lot of holes uh, in their general physical preparedness. A lot of this stems from the fact that people want to jump uh, too soon into some of the other things um, that are specific to that particular activity. Nothing wrong with that, of course. I mean, you know, if you're not a professional athlete, but uh, sometimes moving back and making sure that you're showing up those uh, general physical preparedness is really going to help you to uh, improve the attributes that are going to help you with that particular sport. I think a good way to think of GPP is that it's really just basic good health and function. Yeah. Right. Uh, Like I, I used to, so I've had a lot of computers, right. And uh, I, I got though my first, my first Mac was an iBook that I got in 2003 and I use that thing for a long time. And in fact, I still have it. I still own it. It still works. Really? Wow. As you can imagine, it spends a lot of time in the closet. Yeah. (laughs) You know, uh, it's, it's one of those things is I, I occasionally, uh, when I'm back and when I visit my parents, it's at their place and I, I've opened it up a few times. Like, I think, you know, didn't I have like a, a video on there that I wanted to check out or something. <laughs> and so I'm like, Oh, I'll just get the whole iBook out. Right. Yeah. But it's funny because, you know, you plug it in and then you hit the start button and it takes like, 45 minutes to boot up. <laughs> Ridiculous, right? And then it tries to update the software and yeah. like you go to a web page now and like it can't even render the thing because it's so slow. Yeah. This is this is I think one of the best analogies for GPP is that whatever skills you have, however however much you love your sport, however what kind of talent you have, you cannot run modern software on an old computer, mm. right? Uh, so GPP is like the difference between like my, my 2003 iBook and a, a new MacBook mm. right now, right? Like right now I'm, I'm using the current generation of Mac Mini and it's like uh, an order of magnitude better, right? In terms of the speed that it's able to handle graphics processing and everything, and so this is what GPP does. It doesn't change the skills you have. It doesn't change how talented you are. It doesn't change how you work with your teammates or anything like that. But it's all of these things that let you do the skills you need to do, that let you run the play, that let you jump up and shoot, all of that stuff. And so it's super, super important. But I think also you can take it way too far mm-hmm. in uh, the direction of trying to fix everything, right. right? You think, oh man, well, my old computer doesn't work. Uh, it's getting kind of slow. So I really need the fastest, best, highest tech computer on the market to surf the web and post to Facebook. Yeah. And that's just not true, right? right? So you need to know sort of where to draw the line there. Uh, like some examples of like GPP things that are super important and can make a big difference, but can also go really too far. Posture, people working on posture, right? Your, your spine is kind of important. So improving your posture is almost always going to improve, uh, the way that you carry yourself, your ease of breathing, how all of your movements work, right? Your balance, all of that stuff improves with your posture. So it can make you better at every sport, but over time, what's the ROI of continuing to work on your posture until it's perfect? 
if you're also taking that time away from your sports practice too. And this is the danger with too much focus on GPP is yes, if you have a hole in it, uh, if there's a, an attribute or, or if you have a dysfunction that you need to correct, or if you have basic skills you're lacking, then that is absolutely going to affect, this is the bottom of the pyramid. So it's going to affect your sports performance more than things further up the pyramid. Absolutely. However, yeah. you will never have perfect posture. Right. Uh, you will never, your body will never be in perfect function because you have decades of teaching it poor function. Mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're not going to overcome that. Uh, and you will never have mastered every fundamental skill. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's a balance point at this. GPP, a little bit of continual GPP work is really good for most people. But if you get stuck in GPP land forever, you will never progress in your sport because you're all of you. This is what happens when people stop practicing their sport and start just fitnessing all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Which, and not to pick on CrossFit, but it is a lot of people that get too sucked into the CrossFit world when they got there to do a sport. And I think a lot of people in CrossFit are now have graduated beyond that, but it was a thing that we used to see a few years ago with people. Yeah. Yeah. And they get stuck in just the strength training or even just flexibility work and thinking, Oh, I got to improve my flexibility when in fact you just need to be good enough to be able to, you know, do your sport. Right. Or activity or whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. Right. And people plateau and they think, oh, uh, well, oh, the reason is probably I just need more mobility work. No, probably the reason is you've stopped actually practicing your sport. Exactly. Right. And, you know, the, the big thing, you know, you want to get better at your sport or your activity, do more of that smarter, you know. And so, you know, this is just one of the more common things we see is, you know, what else do I need to supplement for right. my activity. Well, you know, maybe you don't need to supplement. And so this is kind of moving in towards actually where we're talking about SPP, which is right. that specific, specific physical preparation. And so basically just making sure that, you know, you're focusing on whatever that activity is. And so that's where I don't want to say supplement, but where it can start to specialize, if you will. And so you've got that general strength, flexibility, uh, control that you have going on, and you start applying that to your specific specific activity. And so we'll talk a little bit about some examples later, but this is really where you're looking at moving towards uh, the technique side of things mm -hmm. uh, for your activity and, and really trying to work on the performance side of things instead of simply, again, the strength of flexibility and the control. So you're moving towards uh, improving your capability to be able to perform whatever it is you are for that particular activity. Um, the other thing too is, is another side of that is where we're looking at even going deeper and so higher up on this pyramid, if you will, where it could be looking at an SSP where, where it's even more sport specific there right so, so to clarify spp yes. two p's yes. is sport physical uh, specific physical preparedness specific, yes. ssp with two s's is sport specific pre preparation right exactly and you could even use an a like activities or act right whatever it doesn't matter but you know thanks for clearing that up because this can be a little confusing and, and some people might not even might even add in that SSP there and just simply say, oh, well, I'm just focusing on my sport or activity. That's fine. Right. But I'd like to differentiate the two of these simply because 
if you look at it this way is, okay, you have this general uh, physicality. Okay, that's great. Okay, well, then you start a new activity, a new sport, then the SPP would be then going on that next level to make sure that you can actually start working in that particular activity. Once you move beyond that, you start looking at specific things within your level that need to improve in order you in order for you to become um, a better athlete within that particular activity. So this is where things can get a little confusing and unfortunately, a lot of people start to try and jump to that end um, where they're trying to improve particular techniques, if you will, before they're actually able to function um, in that particular activity. So for a great example would be if you see a person in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and they get hung up as a white belt on trying to learn submissions all the time. Well, before you actually try and learn any of the submissions, you got to learn how to actually move your body. And so that's a little bit different, of course, than just a general movement in real life, you know, compared to being able to function on the ground when someone's on top of you. So this is the differentiation between those two. So as you're able to move your body, um, you know, as a white belt, you start leading up to actually being able to perform techniques. And that comes later down the road. So, um, yeah. Uh, leading towards improv, leading towards flow, and all that other good stuff that people always want to talk about and jump right into. The thing about this is that we want to talk about is the fact that this shouldn't actually be complicated. And so many people try to make this complicated. And really, it all comes down to the simple fact that you need to understand what's good for you and what do you need. And this can be tough. And the other thing that I do want to say is that whenever you're training anything, uh, the primary focus should be on being able to train this in a safe manner. Yep. And so, um, again, people can jump into things and it's just like swimming. You know, you want to ease yourself into uh, going deeper and deeper and being able to do that comfortably instead of just jumping in where you're literally over your head in the water and drowning. And so, um, it can be tough to know how to do that. And so that's kind of today what we want to talk about and give some examples and how you can start looking at this for your specific activity. Right. So just to recap, GPP, general physical preparedness, is basically health and basic fundamental abilities, right? This is just your bottom base of the pyramid of being able to use your body, right? And not having any big problems with that. SPP is your specific physical preparedness is which this is kind of your kind of bridging that basic health and ability into things that are more sport like closer to the kinds of moves that you want to be doing in your sport, maybe some techniques, uh, or maybe just, uh, you know, focusing on uh, fitness related activities that move you closer to the kinds of movements and attributes that you need for your sport. So for example, if you're in the basketball, you don't really need a whole lot of long distance stuff, but you might be doing short sprints and you're going to be working on your jump instead of, uh, you're not going to be working on a lot of handstands and acrobatics for basketball, right? So your SPP, you're going to be figuring out what you don't need and what you do need to work on. And when you get into SSP, that's mostly just doing your activity, right? And doing specific parts of it so you get better at the things that you need to get better at and applying that to the real, to the live, uh, 
uh, conditions of play if you're at a high level of competition, right? And to, and to even, you know, to look at this, uh, another specific example would be if you look at like a, a rock climber, okay? And so you just basically in the very beginning looking at GPP, you have that general, you know, you're preparing yourself and you want to get into rock climbing. Okay, great. That's a huge like area. And so then if you're looking at SPP, it's just basically, okay, having the strength to be able to pull your body up for this particular movement with one arm and using your legs. Then as you move in towards the SSP, then it can be separated into, for example, bouldering, which is a very specific branch of that particular, you know, climbing world and you can look at lead climbing you can look at alpine climbing you know so this is kind of what we're talking about and branching things off and just focusing and going deeper and uh, getting more detail based on that sort of thing so let's give some examples since we're talking about it so in gmb really we're looking at at six fundamental movement patterns so we have the push the pull the squat rotation the roll and locomotion and so if we were to break these down i'm going to give some examples here, if we're looking at the push, I think everybody pretty pretty much understands this. If we're just looking at these fundamental movement patterns of a push, an example could be the push-up. Everyone knows what a push-up is. Some of the other examples, though, that we um, like to use in GMB would be the Spider-Man. And for those of you who don't know what a Spider-Man is, is basically shifting your body side to side and, and loading the body at an angle as you perform a push-up. Uh, we also have the bear uh, movement. Now, this is also going in towards what I mentioned earlier as far as a local motion. This is also what's going to happen. Are there going to be um, carries over into carry over into some of these? And so they're going to relate to each other uh, because the body is not going to function simply um, as separate units. But a push, I think, is pretty obvious for people as well. A pull, uh, you can have a pull like a, a ring row or you can have a chin up, um, you know, squat. An example could be a bodyweight squat. It could be a single leg squat. It could even be a broad jump because that incorporates a squat. It's also a hinge. I do know that. But, um, you know, we also have the monkey in terms of locomotion that we're looking at where you have to squat and address the ground. Rotation for us uh, would be, for example, uh, a colt, which is it looks like a single leg squat, but your leg is tucked behind you and you squat down and end up twisting your body. Under switch, swipe, you know, some of these things might not be familiar to you, but basically you're, you're twisting your body, you're rotating your body uh, while in motion. A roll could be a forward roll, shoulder roll, backward roll, locomotion, you know, this should be obvious if you're listening to GMB here, if we're talking about the bear, the monkey, the frogger, and the crab. So these six fundamental movement patterns for us would be considered uh, under that GPP side of things. And so this is really... Um, I don't want to say that these are, um, are, you must have these movements sort of things. These are suggestions um, to have a good understanding of for the um, whatever else it is that you want to do. So the uh, push-pull, squat, rotation, roll of motion. It's going to be different depending on what you're doing, but basically um, this is where we suggest for people to start. Right, and they're very broad and, you know, the – there's there's no rule that says that you know for push you have to have you know horizontal and vertical and you have to be able to do it bilateral or unilateral in every direction or 
at a certain level of amplitude, like all of that is up to you and up to your situation. So uh, it's just, these are, I mean, based on kind of classic division of, of movement patterns and a little bit of what we do, uh, it's, it's just kind of covering your basics and making sure that you have good combination of, you know, control, flexibility, and strength. So you can Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. Let's give some examples. And so the first example that I'm going to give you is, is one that I've already talked about, and that's a rock climber. And so in this specific case, uh, we have a person who's coming into climbing, and they're going to be focusing on bouldering. And so for those of you, I think everyone knows what bouldering is, but basically they're shorter climbs. They're more dynamic. You don't use a rope and they're not that high off the ground. And so typically you'll climb up and then you can jump off. Okay. And so in this particular case, it's going to be a lot of long reaching. There's going to be some dynamic movements where you need some power with your legs as well as being able to, um, um, Use your rotational strength. Pardon me. I couldn't think about what I was going to do. So you're going to need some general pulling strength. You're going to need some things like what I would suggest, some single arm rows. Now, I'm not suggesting anything too crazy. So you do find it's interesting in the climbing world that people will want to jump up and say, all right, you need to start working on your one-arm chin-ups. And okay, yeah, maybe if you start getting at a very, very high level and, you know, for competition and things like that. But if we were just looking at, you know, preparing ourselves to be able to enjoy bouldering and, you know, weekend athlete, if you will, then this is where you don't need to make things complicated. And keeping things simple in your training is going to continue to make it safe. And then also allow you to spend more time on the stuff you want to be doing, like your bouldering. And so that's why, you know, things, general things like pulling strength for single arm rows, scapular scap pulls, things like that. Focusing on locomotion patterns on the ground that are going to simulate some particular movement patterns that you're going to be doing on the wall. So this is another thing, too, is where even though you're not on the wall, some of the movements that you're doing on the ground with locomotion are going to help when you convert that over onto the wall. And so it's not just the physical part of it. It's also creating that mind-body connection in order to help you so that you're, you're taking that time off of the wall and immediately helping to improve it. This is something that I do with my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu all the time. I'll take locomotion patterns where I'll do solo drills, if you will, solo sparring, if you will, that kind of stimulate and simulate some of the movements that I'm doing in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu so that allows me to be able to apply those later. Now, I will say that these are specific techniques. I want to be sure that you understand what I'm talking about. What I'm doing is helping to improve my strength, my flexibility, and my control and doing it in a manner that's going to allow me to continue and get better at whatever activity I'm doing. So, you know, again, some silly things that I do see people is when they go into climbing for the very first time thinking that they immediately need to improve their finger strength. You know, they need to be uh, doing, you know, fingerboard hangs, uh, all these other kinds of things. But if you're just getting into it, keep it simple, you know, just focus on being able to start climbing. I think that's the, the biggest point here. Um, right. 
is that not overdoing it. And just because someone who's a very high level is doing something doesn't mean you should be doing it. As a matter of fact, you probably shouldn't be doing it in the very beginning. Yeah. And this is, this is the thing that I think is like the crux of this too, is uh, you don't need to jump into a high level of GPP or uh, 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 SPP, yes. right? Just to be able to do an activity. Right. As a recreational athlete or as an amateur or, I mean, and most of us, let's just be honest, recreational. I mean, we're not even amateur competitors. Right. You know, we're doing this for fun and for activity and because we like it. So, uh, like, bouldering and climbing are a great example. Uh, you know, I'm sure if you go onto Google and you say, and you, and you look for fitness for climbing, you'll find tons and tons of stuff and you'll you'll probably see some some strength standards you'll probably see some people say well you know every climber needs to be able to do a one-arm chin-up or uh every climber needs to be able to do you know like 20 pull-ups or something like that or i don't even know what they might be but you see these in every sport you see in every sport you'll see somebody has strength standards you know for football you need to be able to pick up and carry somebody your size for 50 yards or something like that uh the thing is is these are all not they're complete bullshit for someone who's doing this recreationally um i have not i am not a climber i have not climbed very much but i have done bouldering exactly twice and i enjoyed it both times and I can tell you for a fact, I cannot do any one-arm chin-ups mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, and I cannot hang from my fingers for very long. So, but I was still able to enjoy bouldering with friends and have a good time because I have a pretty basic broad level of general physical preparedness. I have enough hip mobility that I wasn't completely stuck but not nearly so much hip mobility as some of the people that had their legs wedged up by their ear getting up to the next level of the the bouldering gym, right? So this is the thing where you don't have to meet anyone's standard. You don't need to buy a fingerboard just because you started climbing, but you might start doing some hanging from a bar and working on uh, the pulling prep movement that we teach and some pull-ups and it will help you get a little more strength for that. And you might start working on your hip mobility so that you can use your legs more and start doing some of these twisting movements so you have that rotational strength you need to move up there with the locomotion, right? But that doesn't mean that you are limited from starting at all until you have achieved some arbitrary standard that some genius on the internet came up with. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? And that's true of a lot of things because people get these really weird ideas Right. I mean, uh, I grew up doing martial arts and I remember used to see in martial arts magazines, people talking about like doing punches with light weights and stuff, Mm. you know, because it makes sense intuitively. You think, ah, I want to get stronger with my punch, strong, strong weights. I should hold a weight while punching. And what this really does is besides messing up your joints is it trains your CNS to punch slowly. Right. It's also the, the load is completely the wrong direction. The load of a weight is always down. You're usually not punching down. So, or you're not punching up either. You're punching like horizontally. So like it doesn't, when it doesn't pass like a, a very simple analysis of what's really going on, but lots of people I know, lots of people I know, I still know did tons of weighted punches, tons. 
because it just made sense. Absolutely. Just Absolutely. add resistance to the movement we're doing, right? Yeah. Now, you know, practice, practice kicking in a pool. Sure. I mean, yeah. there's, there's a place for that, but it's not going to make you better at kicking. Absolutely. Well, this is a great example too, leading into our next thing is as far as surfing. Okay. And so, yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting that you'll see people, you know, working on like a wobble board, um, they'll do banded, uh, squats on a stability ball. Um, and, and I get that. I really do. I mean, it's just like what you were saying before. I mean, I've seen people do weighted, weighted, um, paddling like, a with the arms, you know, and cause just like you said, it reminded me of the punching for, for, uh, you know, cut out there or whatever you're doing with weights. But the thing is, um, unless you're a professional athlete, you're probably going to be better off keeping things super easy. It's going to be safer. You know, if you're going to be doing weighted rowing, um, or not rowing, but paddling for your surfing, then really it's going to, you know, bung up your shoulders. So something that's probably smarter would be simply swimming, you know, um, going and swimming and you're going to be doing a lot of paddling if you're swimming in the pool. Okay. You're also going to be improving your breath retention, which is also important when you're surfing, when you get pulled under the waves, when you fall. And as well, it's going to also help you to get more comfortable in the water anyway. So, um, you know, it's also going to be helping with improving the core. So the other thing is maybe just fo focusing on trunk mobility as well as rotational strength by using locomotive patterns or just focusing on the pop-up, you know, on land in order to get better at popping up with timing, balance for the legs, you know, strengthening the legs for that. So those are only really two things that you could be doing as far as your training, that is definitely going to help with your surfing instead of doing something silly like these, you know, weighted bands on stability ball or weighted paddling where it's actually probably going to just injure you. And so this is really what we're just trying to talk about is that be practical and realistic for what you really need to be focusing on and understanding what you really need. And a lot of times people don't want to hear this, but you just need to be good enough to be able to enjoy your activity and continue to enjoy your activity. And so that's why Andy mentioned this earlier. Um, you know, with my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I love it, okay? But I don't compete, okay? I, I'm not planning on, you know, competing, to be honest. It just doesn't interest me. All I want to be able to do is get on the mat and continue to do it. So what do I need to do in order to do that? It doesn't mean that I need to be training every single day for that or anything. I just simply need to make sure that my body is strong enough. I have good enough flexibility and good enough to control it to continue working on that. And so if you're, you are a generalist, for example, there's a lot of different activities that you're looking at. Then just take these, these six fundamental movement patterns that we're talking about here in GMB. And I guarantee you, those are going to be good enough. So for example, for the push, we talked about that Spider-Man, you know, this, a push-up is also great, you know, um, a pull, you don't even really need to have, you know, 10 chin-ups or anything like that. It could just be a matter of your pulling strength to be, you know, a reverse row on the rings, a shrimp squat, you know, a broad jump, you know, being able to do a forward and a backward roll. It's going to help with control. It's also going to help with spatial awareness uh, as well. Looking at, for example, rotational 
strength and you know rotational awareness, spatial awareness, the cartwheel. You do a squat to a three-point bridge. We've also got locomotion, the bear, monkey, frogger, and crab. And so there's so many different ways that you can do this. But again, you know, just think about being good enough for whatever activity that you want to do. And so it comes down to your goal and, and assessing what you need. Really, that's it. And I'm not telling people that you shouldn't strive to be a better version of yourself. And so a lot of people misunderstand that when we say good enough. What I'm just trying to say is, yes, be better each and every day, but do it in a way that's going to allow you to continue to do that instead of just drilling you into the ground and making you this puddle of just jelly that you can't do anything else. And so focus more on your activity and looking at your lifestyle that's going to help you to be able to do the things that you want to continue to do. Right. And I also just want to say that we're not saying that you should, that there's no place for things like functional fitness or for therapy-based training. Um, There's a big difference between someone who is a competitive golfer and they go to a coach and that coach wants them to work on uh, more symmetric trunk stability and rotational strength. Yeah. And so they might have them doing like kneeling wood choppers with a cable. That does not mean that you as a person who enjoys golf sometimes needs to install a cable machine in your home. Right. It, what you probably need to do is some basic uh, spinal mobility and stability work, some rotational movements, and then go and enjoy playing golf. Absolutely. Uh, but if you have a problem that you're trying to solve, well, that's where a qualified professional might tell you you need to be doing, you know, uh, band-resisted balance ball something. Sure. Yeah, and that does have a place. And but this- that's up to that person. Right. And that's, that's for solving a problem. That's not for, for an amateur recreational person to say, I want to get good at surfing, so I'm going to start doing this weird-ass exercise. Absolutely. And this is a really too that you bring up and that that's right. good i mean this applies to me as well and you know you know this i mean my ankle i still have issues with my ankle having broke it what was it three some years ago you know i still work with a physical therapist and they give me these yep. exercises to make sure that i can continue to um rehabilitate my ankle and continue to get on the mats and do the stuff that i want to do so it, we're not saying don't do that stuff if you need to be doing it right so if you are if you're fitnessing for the purpose of an activity or a sport, this is what it comes down to, right? Understand the difference between GPP, SPP, and SSP, right? Understand when you're just building your foundation, when you're building skills for your sport, and when you are just practicing skills for your sport. And know that you have to come up with the right balance of those different kinds of training, right? If you devote all of your time to fitness training, there's a, a, a point of diminishing returns on that improving your sport. Because after a while, you're just taking time away from your sport. Mm-hmm. Once your basic fitness level is good enough, you do the, the fitnessing that you need to maintain that. And then you should spend the most of your time more productively practicing the skills and techniques of your sport. You know, like people who do martial arts, yes, you do need to keep rolling and you do need to keep practicing your kicking or your forms or whatever, but you're practicing the things in your sport. You probably don't need to spend more time doing sprints once you are at a certain level, right? You just need to maintain that. So 
the whole point of this entire discussion, I don't know how long we've been talking now, is just saying don't get distracted by the wrong type of training for your activities. That's right. Yeah, and, and just to finish it up, figure out how you can spend more time doing your activities. That's really what it's about. Yeah, because that's the fun part, right? Yeah. All right. Have fun.